Shalom Aleichem, good evening. Welcome to class number 23 of 30 Letters in 30 Days. We want to give some shout-outs to some meetings that have been going on around all around the world. Uh, last night, there was a group of women who met in Toronto, Canada. And tonight, there's a group in the capital of the Empire State, Albany. Did you know that? And uh, in New York, it's like upstate. Muncie is called upstate New York. So like, what's Albany? <laughs> I grew up in Chicago. They say just, just outside Chicago, there's a place called Illinois. In New York, it's even Nachmer. Okay. And uh, I believe also the last teen Fabrengen, there have been a series of teen Fabrengens. Some of the campus shluches have been meeting and Fabrengen on Zoom with teens and uh i think tonight is their last gathering of three or four or possibly more at any rate it's just amazing the amount of uh excitement and participation that's been going on during the past few weeks and it will all uh come together what was someone saying here uh, we had. I'm just getting this in. Baruch We had a lively fabrengen after davening on Shabbos in the women's section at Anash of Ermont for the last few weeks, discussing the week's letters. More women are joining each week. Baruch Shem, That's great. Okay, that just came. That was hot off the presses. You know where Ermont is? That's upstate New York. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Baruch Hashem. Monday, a week from tonight, is Eirle Yud Aleph Nissan is the big women's gathering, Fabrengen, Siam at the Oil. We have secured a venue about a block away from the Rebbe's Oil. Uh, space is limited, so please RSVP. Please RSVP at 30letters30days.com or .org? It's going to remind me. 30 letters 30 I'm putting it in my browser, .com, 30letters30days.com. Without any further delay, let's look at tonight's letter. Baruch Hashem Tezvav Shvat, Tovshin Tezvav, Brooklyn Shalom Avracha. Tu B'Shvat, or Chamisha Asa B'Shvat, like the Rebbe always said. Rebbe, I don't think the Rebbe ever said Tu B'Shvat. I think it was always Chamisha Asa B'Shvat. The tree holiday. Chag li'ilanot, as they say. I think there's a song about it. Okay, and but this is not about the trees, at least not overtly. Bamayna al mechtovei v'aprisha sholem shekabalti al yidei b'noi shiyichye. In response to your letter and the regards conveyed by your son, may he be well. It seems that the Rebbe had... Probably it was a Yechidis situation, a one-on-one -on -one meeting, where the Rebbe had already met with the son in this story and was now writing to the father of that son. And the letter <clears throat> is about the son. So the Rebbe is speaking about this son and some concerns that the father has about the son. Okay. So surely... Your son is going to tell you what we spoke about. 
לעשה סצייני כפי שכסף וגם מה שמסר בעל פה, הנה ניבור גם באיזה שורס על כל פנים בקיצר כפי רישיין הזמן והוא. Nevertheless, even though your son's gonna <coughs> tell you what we spoke about, um, you should carry out his will conveyed in his writing as well as what he transmits in speech. All right, actually, let me say you should um, carry out, yeah. Um, and I'm, so basically whatever your son tells you, believe him, like you can trust that he's going to convey to you properly the, the discussion that we had, but I'm also going to add a few lines very briefly as time permits. Okay. Wow. One of the aspects of the qualities of this generation by which you can see, you can recognize how dark and redoubled, doubled and redoubled the darkness, the spiritual darkness is in our generation. This is a heavy thing that I've been saying. There's something about our generation. It's a common thing, almost ubiquitous in our generation, and it's really a sign of the times just how how serious the spiritual concealment is, and what is that thing? In spite of that, which it says clearly in Tanya, which is written by the Alter Rebbe, who is the decisive codifier both in the legal realm and mystical realm of the Torah, and the Rebbe gives the specific source in Igeres HaKodesh, that's the fourth volume of the five volumes of Tanya, in the 22nd letter of Igeres HaKodesh, the Rebbe even gives the page number, Kuflam Adalid. In sp- so let me just... That's a long, that's a mouthful, that's a long sentence. In spite of what the Alter Rebbe, who is the codifier in mysticism and in, and in the legal realm, in spite of what he said very, very, very clearly, in Igeres HaKadosh Simen Chav Beis, which is what? What did the Alter Rebbe say? Ein Odom Yedea Bema Mistaker. Nobody knows how he's going to make a living. Now, that's not originally the Alter Rebbe's teaching. That's actually a Gemorim Psachim but the Alter Rebbe brings that Maimer Chazal, that saying of our sages, and actually points out that there are several things that our sages say nobody knows. And one of them is nobody knows what is going to be the way he makes his money. He doesn't know which channel Hashem will choose to send him his parnasa. And another thing that nobody knows, this Gemorim Psachim says, is when Mashiach will come, precisely the moment of Mashiach's coming. And in that letter, Simichov Beis, of Yigeres HaKadosh, the Alter Rebbe says, you can learn from the fact that both of these are things that nobody knows, that they're on par with each other, that just like nobody knows when Mashiach is coming, that's precisely the degree to which nobody knows how he's going to make his parnasa or precisely what is going to be the means for making his parnasa. Okay, it's meaning to say it is that unknowable. All right, so the, the, the Rebbe describes, or this is a sort of a paraphrase of Yigeres HaKadosh Shemichov Beis. 
Vuhushva i Yediya Zu Lahedra Yediya Malchus Beis David Mosai Tachzer Ayn Sham. The Al Tereb compares the lack of knowledge of how you're going to make your living to the lack of knowledge of precisely when Mashiach will come. Go look over there. Okay. So we live in a very dark Gullus because in our generation, in spite of the fact that the Al Tereb has said clearly, <clears throat> based on the Gemara, we don't know how we're going to make our living. We don't know what channel Hashem is going to choose to send us our parnasa. We don't know. And nevertheless, what do you see? That it's such a relatively young age. The young people are looking for their tachlis agashmi is very difficult to translate. You could literally translate it as a material ends or material goals. But uh, what it really means is they're thinking what they would consider practically, but the Rebbe is saying is actually incredibly impractical and it's just a distraction and a time and energy sucker and waster. And it totally distracts them from what is true happiness in life. As if they think they know the future. Really? You think you really know the future? And people go, and adults go, parents go, and they try to set up their child's education in such a way, or set up their own lives, but in a particular way, that that's how Hashem is going to be able to support them. In other words, if I don't do these things, to make sure I have a very specific plan of a very specific channel how Hashem is going to be able to support me or even my children if I don't do all those things Hashem's not going to be able to support me he won't be able to find ways to send me a parnasa as if that were the only way as if that were the only way that Hashem would be able to find a way to kindly and mercifully sustain and give sustenance. And it's just such a mishigas, the Rebbe says. Such a waste of time and energy. It's such a distraction from what we need to be focused on. And it is, it is a sign of the times, an unfortunate sign of the times, just how common this is, how ubiquitous this is, that people are confusing and distracting and bothering children, relatively speaking, that they have to start thinking about how they're going to make a living when we know that that's unknowable. Nobody knows exactly, precisely how they're going to make a living. By the way, just for fun, just for my own amusement, I looked it up. Just, uh, I wanted to see what percentage of college graduates use their degree and actually are employed in the field in in any field that is related to their major so i found a study that was uh quoted in a report of the federal reserve bank of new york and written up in a in an article in the washington post so over there it says that only 62% of college graduates actually get a job that requires a college education. Okay, so that's interesting. Uh, 
almost half of college graduates end up not even using their degree at all. But what was actually, uh, I, this was even a bigger number than I thought, uh, 72% of college graduates end up being hired working in a field that is completely unrelated to their major. 72%. It's wild. Um, so <laughs> it just goes to show you that people really don't know what form the channel to receiving Hashem's sustenance is going to take. And so the Rebbe is saying that it's a real shame to bother children to start worrying about these things and to distract them and make this something that they should have to be conscious of. And in this case, as we're about to read, it's actually caused quite a bit of anxiety <clears throat> in this young man and is causing him psychological problems <clears throat> and perhaps even a psychosomatic or histrionic illness. Um, but we'll, we'll see in a, in a, in a second. Okay. Vihina yiduot sivuya kosov berazal now, take, the Rebbe doesn't say the word take, but I'm saying take, yes, it's true. There is such a concept that Hashem will bless you in all that you do. In other words, you have to do. You have to make a vessel in order to receive the sustenance. Okay, that's true. You do have to work. You can't sit there and say that Hashem will just deliver Parnosa to my doorstep. You have to do something. That's true. But you have to start preparing close to the time when it's actually happening. Now, what does it mean close to the time it's actually happening? I don't know. The Rebbe is not giving a number here. It's not saying how many days or months that that means. But clearly it doesn't mean that a young person who is still being uh, supported by his parents, he should not yet be thinking about something that's not relevant yet. It's just, it's not part of his life right now, and he shouldn't be thinking about it. And, it's, and even then, and even when it comes time that he should start thinking about it, Okay, let's say he gets married, and he does a year or two in Kailo, and now it's time to start thinking, how is he going to support a family? Okay, fine. But even then, when the time comes, don't do it in a way that's going to distract you from the things that are really important in life. It's very painful for me that all of this that I'm describing applies to your son. This is what's happening to your son. He's having anxiety about his future career and ability to, to make money. And it seems this has been going on for years. Now, just turn the page. 
ואבונוסי והסגוסי, איך שדאג על זה. He's starting to worry, and he's been worrying for some time, and it's bothering him deeply, the depths of his heart, and it's causing him inner anxiety, and the Rebbe says he may not even be aware himself, he may himself not understand how much it's bothering him. He neimabet al umnus hashchita shalomit. He's looking at the skill of shchita, of Jewish kosher ritual slaughter that he's learning. As if that is the only way, that's the only thing that his entire future to make a living will depend upon. And this, I would translate this almost as subconscious thought, this thought that's sort of lurking in the back of his mind, that this shchita that he's learning is the only way he's going to be able to make a living. It's causing this lamentable condition. What is the lamentable condition? We're going to find out. He actually has, um, it sounds like hand cramps, where he's unable to hold a shchita knife. And the Rebbe suggests pretty clearly that it's brought on by the anxiety that the boy is feeling about needing to use the shchita as a means for a livelihood. The canal after Shabahasogava von Gluyim, Ainze Borer Afilo Beene Atsme shall benaishi, Avladaiti Zeo Inyan Zuhi Asiba. Now it's possible that in his mind this is not clear. He doesn't even realize this is what's happening. But in my opinion, says the Rebbe, this is the clear cause of it. When I read this part of the letter, I thought it was very interesting. We had a letter earlier on, one of the first few letters that we learned, actually, where the Rebbe was speaking about Lumudei um, Chayl, about secular studies, and lamenting that children should be distracted from building their spiritual future by uh, being taken away to, to study things that are only really, that the, the only reason they're studying it is because people feel that if they don't study it, Hashem's not going to be able to give them a, a way to support their family in the future. And if you read that, you can sort of conflate the two concepts. There are two concepts here. One is Lumudei Choyl, and the other is Tachlis. Let me say this in English. One is secular studies, and the other is children worrying about employability. They're two separate concepts. They actually shouldn't be conflated. And here, this letter is the perfect illustration. Because here, there's no Lumudei Choyl, there's no secular studies involved at all. What is the person learning? What is the boy learning? Shechita. Now, shchita is a mitzvah. <laughs> it's a mitzvah from the Torah to provide kosher food and to perform kosher slaughter. So it's it's a good thing. It's a good. It's a beautiful thing. It's a mitzvah to know how to shecht. It's a mitzvah to learn hilchas shchita. 
what the Rebbe is lamenting is that a young person is thinking way, way prematurely about how he's going to make a living. So it's very helpful to have this letter because you could think that what was really bothering the Rebbe about this worrying about tachlis was that it made people learn secular studies. But here from this letter, it's very clear, we can separate those two factors and we isolate one from the other. And you can see, no, being distracted with worrying about employability in the future for a young person is in and of itself, alone, by itself, is already something lamentable. Even if it's not causing somebody to learn anything outside of Torah as is the case here. The only thing he's learning, the only skill, the only thing he's learning is something that's a mitzvah to learn, something that's, that's written about in Shulchan Aruch. It's Torah to learn it. And yet, because the person is learning in, in, in a way where in the back of his mind he thinks this is what he needs in order to make a living, that I was saying, it's causing a lot of problems. Okay, so I think that's very, very helpful and very clarifying. Let's, uh, let's continue here. Wow, this, when I read this line, I was like, you know, we could have a whole class, a whole evening just on this. It's obvious that I can't change his entire hashkafa. I can't change his entire view with one conversation. Especially when he's had this thought so deeply and for so long that he doesn't even realize how this, this worldview that he has is antithetical to trust in Hashem. And in fact, this entire idea that he's harboring is against the belief that Hashem orchestrates and runs the world with divine providence. And if he were to realize how this idea it's not a trivial matter. This idea flies in the face of the most basic faith in, in, in Hashem. If he were to realize that, he would immediately desist from it because he has Yerushimayim. He is a God-fearing boy. So it's, it's very interesting what the Rebbe is saying here. This boy is harboring thoughts. If he were to realize the true implications of these ideas and how they are, are absolutely uh, antithetical to the belief in, in Hashem running the world, this boy would never, as, as a God-fearing boy, he would never believe in such things. And that's what's so insidious about it, is he let these beliefs settle into him in such a deep way, in such a subconscious way, that he doesn't even realize how spiritually unhealthy and wrong these ideas are. Okay, let's continue. Now, 
like the Rebbe just said. I cannot change his worldview in one conversation. So being that, it is impossible to change his whole attitude, his whole belief, his whole worldview immediately. I told him that although I don't want to explain to him all of the above for, for, for various reasons, that he should do a few things. In other words, the Rebbe didn't want to get into it too deeply because it's not going to be productive. So the Rebbe was holding back certain things that he's now telling the father, um, I would have wanted to tell him, but it's just, unfortunately, he's, he's at a point where these ideas are so deeply ingrained in him, it's not going to help to point it out to him to that extent. So, so here's what I told him. Here's what I told him. I told him to do a few things. I kept it very simple. Aleph, one thing. I told him, you know what? You want to worry about Parnasa? Forget Shechita. Forget it. It's not Shechita anymore. It's something else. Find something else. Prepare for a different career. I wanted that even his intellect, forget about the faith, because really, from a perspective of faith, he should already know that we have no way of knowing where our Parnasa is going to come from. But I can't get him there yet. That's just too. That's that's just a bridge too far at this point. What I can do is just on an intellectual level, his mind is made up that this is the only way. Shchit is the only way for Parnasa. So what I want to do is get his mind out of that. And you're going to see as we read on in the letter. I, I, I alluded to it earlier that he developed a hand cramp where he cannot perform shchita, where physically he became unable. And the Rebbe believes it's because of the anxiety. Okay, so the Rebbe says, I told him one thing. One thing is, forget about shechita. You're not going to make a living as a sheikhet. You find some other parnasa. Because mitzad amuna, he should already be comfortable with that. He should already know that you might study shechita and you'll make a living in a completely different way. But at this point, I can only do it on an intellectual level. So I'm telling him like this, at least intellectually understand well, the Rebbe didn't even tell him the, the reasoning behind it. The Rebbe just told him, start preparing for a different career. But the Rebbe's telling the father, the reason I told him to start preparing for a different career is because I want to liberate his mind from that thought process that shita equals my only way of making a living. So I want him to abandon that. I want him to start thinking about other ways of making a living. Okay. I wanted him to, to realize that his future is not based on his ability to shecht. And uh, that he should learn in yeshiva and know the laws of, of trefus, that means animals, what makes them uh, kosher and non-kosher, and the laws of shechita. Matoiv, rabonis, oh, I'm sorry, since he already knows hilchas shechita, and Trefus. So Matayv Rabonis, he should learn now the laws that are typically learned by rabbis. He learned the laws applicable to a shaykhit. Now he should learn the laws applicable to rabbis. And he should prepare for taking the tests for rabbinical 
ordination. In other words, I want to get his mind off of the shechita thing. Base. Im now here the Rebbe actually set, spells it out. If this lamentable condition returns of what? The chalishos hayad, a weakness of the hand. Lo yelochem he shouldn't fight it. He shouldn't try to overcome the weakness at that moment. He actually should just ignore it. He should say, eh, it's nothing. He should shrug it off. He should not give it any credence. And therefore, he shouldn't even fight it. And if he can't hold on to the knife that moment or even that day, okay, so he'll be able to hold the knife tomorrow or the next day. You understand the, the, the anxiety that this kid has about Shechita being his channel for Parnosa is so intense that it's actually physically causing him to have to have a, a, a bodily manifestations of the anxiety. The Rebbe says it's complete anxiety. The Rebbe didn't say to go to go treat his hand. The Rebbe said he should just relax and stop obsessing on it, stop perseverating on it. He should just tell himself, it's fine, it's nothing, it's nothing. Okay, I can't hold the knife today. Okay, I'll hold it tomorrow or hold it the next day. Whatever, no biggie. Gimel. Gimel. To relieve him from his conditions of worries, anxiety, and searching for a career, and to bring him to freedom. Your son has to have a set time for learning chassidus, which is called the soul of the Torah and called the tree of life. And it has to be every day. If he'll do everything I told him, I really hope that everything's going to resolve itself on its own. And you're not going to need anything else. There will be no further action required. Okay. Regarding his doctor's visits, seems that the boy was seeing a doctor because of this hand problem. I'm going to tell you what I told him. I told him, in my opinion, that really, he doesn't need this. It's not necessary. In other words, the Rebbe was really just sort of minimizing the whole issue. Oh, you want to go to the doctor? Go to the doctor. You don't need the doctor. Since he already got used to seeing the doctor, it's not natural for a person to just stop all of a sudden. <laughs> it's very interesting, this insight that Eva was saying earlier, that 
when a person has a certain worldview that's deeply ingrained in his psyche, it's just not possible to talk him out of it in one conversation. And similarly, that I was saying here, that when a person has this habit and he's going to the doctor, I'm not going to tell him to drop it all at once. What I did is I downplayed it and I told him, yeah, you want to go to the doctor, go to the doctor, you can go, yeah, but you don't really need it, but whatever, whatever. That's how you say it in English in 2022. Yeah, whatever, yeah, doctor, yeah, whatever. You should just sort of start spacing out the intervals between one doctor's visit and the next. Until you'll finally just not go anymore. Hashem should give you the merit to have much from your children, from all of your children. May they live many good years. Bivracha with blessing. And that's letter number 23. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow night for another letter, 30 letters in 30 days.